so much. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Scott and uh, Alan and all of you for allowing me to be here today. It is cold, but I'm a Minnesotan, okay? And I've learned two things that you have to have if you want to survive in Minnesota. Here's what you need. Two things. Non-negotiable. Number one, if you have a car, you have to have a remote starter. You have to go out to a warm car. That, makes, that cuts half of it away. Okay, now it's 50% is hard. Then you have to get what I'm wearing right now. Go to Costco and get some flannel-lined jeans. I mean, it's like blankets around your leg. It feels so good. I mean, these are simple things. If you're going to be a Minnesotan, you just got to, okay, just do it. Just trust me, okay? But there, there's another thing that you have to have, because I want to ask you, how many here want absolutely everything that God has for them? Can I see your hands? Okay, hold your hands up. Now, what if it means sacrifice? If you still want everything God has. Okay, what if it costs you more than you think right now? Oh, no one up in the balcony is raising their hands. Okay, are you guys with us? Okay, good. Here's something I found so late in my life, and I wish I had found it, and I'm going to give part of it to you today, just some motivation. Before I do, I want you to write this, this video in your phone, okay? Don't look at it now, but I want you to look at it after. It's called Imagine. Imagine dot oasis dot NGO. It's what we're doing. I would have shown it today, but we got so, so little time. Imagine.oasis.ngo. Don't watch it now. It's five minutes long. It'll challenge your heart. And we need people like you, and we're looking for people right now. We're a missions organization, and we're in, we've trained now in 60 nations. I just get returned from Kenya last week and um, leaving for Malaysia and Sri Lanka uh, in Thailand next week, or in March, I mean. And we're looking for people, and we need some, if you want to work here in this town, in a Christian ministry, we're up in Champlain, Minnesota. We're, um, there's some sheets at the bottom here on the, on the front. If you're looking for a job, we we're need, like almost right away, we need a part-time accountant, we need a, a, a project manager, and we need uh, um, IT social media. So if, if those are interesting for you, pick up one of these sheets, contact us. But here's what I found. I was well into my ministry. I was pastoring here in the Twin Cities for 20 years. About 10 years into it, I started going to India, doing big crusades in rural areas where they never had a crusade. But I would come home, and I would never share my faith. I would see thousands come to Christ in India. So many people healed, and I would rarely share my faith. And one day, I was in the altars like this, all alone, and God said, Tom, what's wrong with this picture? You're leading thousands to Christ over there. Am I not the same God in America? And so, and here's what he told me, and, and it shocked me to my core. I want you to hear this. He said, Tom, I need you to step it up. What's the problem? And I said, well, I think maybe I don't have a good tool. I don't have role models that have done this for me. We're used to doing evangelistic events, but here's what I'm finding. Most are not coming. Most unbelievers will never come to your church or an evangelistic event. Some will, but most will never. The only hope is if we go to them. And so, that's a big pill to swallow for most Christians because I was a pastor. I didn't do it. My pastor didn't tell me about it. This wasn't the role model we had. And so now God said something really important to me. He said, Tom, you don't have a fear problem. You have a compassion problem. 
You are not looking at people the way I look at people. You judge them by their appearance, by their education, by their wealth, by their status. God says, I don't do any of that. That doesn't matter anything to me. I look at their heart. Now, I can't look at their heart, but I can say, God, help me to feel what you feel for them. Compassion is two words. It means with and, and suffer. To suffer with. It means bringing yourself into their position. And here's what the Lord told me. He says, Tom, if you don't do it, I'm going to find someone else. Because he loves this world so much. If you're not going to share your faith, you don't have to do it to get into heaven. This is an option. But if you really want what you're saying, just, just tell me what moves your heart. You were singing this morning. I want all of you. Well, if you want all of Jesus, you, you're going to miss out. Just like in the winter, you can miss these nice jeans. I tell you what, if you, if you don't learn to share your faith, you will never reach your potential in Jesus. You will never. Because God wrote down his potential for you, Psalm 139, before you were born. God wrote down all the days fashioned for you. And I was so many years in ministry, and finally, when God said, I'll find someone else, I said, no, don't find someone else. Here am I. And I got a buddy of mine, he said, let's share our faith every day this week. Come on, let's do it. In Maple Grove, Minnesota, and we said, okay, let's do it. And after seven days, to my big surprise, I had shared with 11 people, and three people prayed to give their lives to Jesus. I couldn't even believe it. I didn't have a tool. I didn't have any. It was just a desire. You see, if you want to know God's will for your life, do what Jesus did. And Jesus said, I know God's will, to seek and save the lost. That's my mission statement. And he said, as the Father called me, so I call you. So you can hang out in the church. It's very important. The church is hugely important, but it's not supposed to be the end all. It's supposed to be a feeding and sending station where you go out. Now, you don't have many models. I'm sorry. You don't have many pastors. I was a pastor who rarely shared my faith. And so many of you don't have the models. But this is the, the biblical way. So I'm going to talk to you just for like 10 minutes. This is part of our seminar we do abroad. It's called Five Star Evangelism. Let's go to the next slide there. Do I have a, Oh, here it is. Thank you. I do have a clicker. Let's read it together, shall we? But when... That word moved in the Greek is like a bad stomach ache. It's not a good feeling. Compassion is not a feel-good moment. Compassion means you put yourself to suffer with them. The Bible says, remember those in jail as, as th though you're jailed with them. Okay? And so compassion is, is the fuel for what we're doing. Biblical orthodoxy without compassion is surely the ugliest thing in the world. Uh, compassion will cure more sins than condemnation. So important. So how many feel compassion for this child? Can I see your hands? You feel compassion? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to show you three more pictures. Do you feel compassion? Raise your hand. Lost a few there. Okay. How about this one? How many feel compassion? Oh, we lost a few more. Okay. How about this one? How many feel compassion? You see, this man might be a successful businessman, but without Jesus, he goes, he goes to hell. Does Jesus have compassion for this man? Then who's going to reach him? Is he going to come to our event? Probably not. So what's our solution? Okay, find, find one person in that crowd. What do you know about them? You've never met them. But you do know one thing. They need Jesus. They have to have Jesus. That's the foundation. But here's the problem. Most Christians will never, ever share the plan of salvation with even one believer, unbeliever, in their whole life. In their whole life. You may invite them to church, you may talk about God, but the, you, most Christians don't even know how to share the plan of salvation. This is a tragedy, but what's coming next is even worse. 90% of unbelievers will never come to our churches.
they're not coming. You might get a few and thank God for that. But you'll get so much more if we make a paradigm shift and we say, we are going to be the warriors of God, the army of the Lord, and we're going to be equipped, and we're going to be full of compassion to, to touch people in our life. We're not going to be weird, but here's a Barner report that said 75% are willing to listen to a, a Christian talk about their faith when they trust them, when they know them. I've found that whether they know me or not, it, they're very, very open. I just got to share with a businessman uh, last week and led him to the Lord over the phone. I've never met him. Had multiple calls. I realized this is my last call. I said, can I do my one-minute witness, Lord? And, he, and I did it. He, he gave his life to Christ. He said, boy, I never saw this coming on this call. But I said, you want to pray? Yes, he said, yes, I do. So why don't we share with the lost? Three main reasons. We don't know what to say. If we train you in this one-minute witness, you'll know what to say because we're going to train you to share your story. And nobody can argue with it. This is not a doctrinal tool we're giving you. It's a testimonial tool. It's your story. And you have a story. Number two, the reason we don't share our faith is the fear of rejection. When we share this faith, share our faith using this one-minute witness tool, there's virtually no rejection. There's virtually, because you, you start it with permission. And I'm going to demonstrate it for you in just a second. The third one is the lack of Christ's compassion. And that's, that's what we talk about during our seminars as we meet with hundreds and thousands of pastors around the world. We say, pastors, this starts with you. If, if compassion is not flowing from you and from, to your pulpit, it's not going to go to your people. And then lack of, uh, lack of role models. And, uh, yes, lack of Christ's compassion, lack of role models. So I want to quickly give you four ways to grow your compassion this morning. Okay? Can we do it? Number one, if you want to write it down, renew your intimacy with God. When's the last time you wept for sinners? That's probably a good indicator right there. When did you, the last time you got alone with God and said, God, touch my heart. You sang it this morning. Move me with what, what moves your heart. So, Lord, get alone with God and get tight with him again and say, Lord, this is between me and you. No one else is watching. Put your tears in my heart. Put your tears in my heart. Okay? Number two, resolve to be friends with sinners. The sinners aren't going to come to this place or to your church as usually. We got to go to them. Number three, receive the mantle of responsibility. This is ours. Jesus gave it to us. And in our, our culture, you're growing up, we were more of a Christian nation. How many realize we're not so much right now? Okay? We're the last decade, I think 12% down in the national figures of what people call themselves a Christian. So the church is, the, the Christian influence is needing some, uh, a shot in the arm here. Number four, renounce indifference. Okay? Just, this whole idea of I'm too busy to care. I'm just, I got everything going in my life. Stop. Just stop it and say, God, change me. Let me see people that, you, that I work with, that, I, that walk by the street. A, a gal at the drugstore, I, I had a girl walk in the drugstore the other day, and I was buying something at Walgreens, and she was flip, and she was limping, and the Holy Spirit said, go pray for her. Offer to pray. I said, that's weird. That's weird. So I walk out to my car, and finally I go, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of fighting the Holy Spirit. Either I'm going to do it or I'm not. So, okay, let's walk, go back in, talk to her. I say, this may sound weird, but I'm a Christian. I noticed that you're limping around. Could I pray for you? Oh, yes, you could pray for me. Absolutely. It's little things like that that you say, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be aware of what's going on all around me and not limit my ministry to Sunday morning or to these religious zones, okay? So I want to show you this, and um, someone... Uh, Brother, can you time this for me? Starting when I start at number two, give me a timer, okay? This is a one-minute witness, and I'm going to show you my one-minute witness, and this is how we do it. 
And what's so cool about this is that we, we start with permission. We start with permission. So, for example, I was in Dominican Republic, and we were trying to, my friend was with me today, he's, he said, I want to go see the waves. So we, we tried to get one spot, and it didn't work, and no parking. We tried to get another spot, no parking. Finally, our driver just drove over the rocks and down to the beach, and we're watching the waves. And then as we're getting ready to leave, I noticed four guys, tough guys, T-shirts, tattoos, all this. They're standing over to the side, and the Holy Spirit said, go share with them. So I said, okay. So I, I go up to them, and I said, hey. And we chit-chatted, and after a while, I said, hey, I'm working on this assignment. May I ask you a question? That's the first part, permission. May I ask you a question? Oh, yeah. What's the best thing that's ever happened to you? Well, best thing, he started to laugh. And, and I, I defined which guy was the, the tough guy, because that's the leader. And I want to talk to the leader of this pack right here. So he, he's the leader, and I'm talking to him. And then he says, well, the d best thing in my life? He laughs. He says, oh, that's easy. That's the day I lost my virginity. That's, and he, they're all laughing now, you know. And so then I asked the next guy, same thing, same thing. And so I'm sort of laughing inside, because I'm thinking, you guys don't know where this story's going here, you know. And... Uh, and so then I said, may I share the best thing in my life? I said, sure. And I shared, and I'm going to do it right now for you, okay? So, so from number two to five is about one minute. So I start, number two, there was a time in my life I had no peace in my heart. I was wondering, what's my purpose? What happens when I die? Three. Then someone brought me to a Christian church. I heard about a God who really loves me, wants me to be in heaven. I found I was not eligible because heaven's perfect. Of course, I'm far from it. But he made a way. When I realized Jesus died for my sins and rose again, I invited him to forgive me and be my leader, not just a Sunday leader, an everyday leader. For since I met Jesus, I have new hope. I have forgiveness. I have purpose. Five, and if I never met Jesus, my life would be very empty, and I would always be looking for one more thing to make me happy. So thanks for listening. The same Jesus loves you very, very much. 40 seconds. That's your one-minute witness, okay? That's the, the compact version right there. So in 40 seconds, I shared with these guys, and they're listening. I, and I, I said, well, you're listening, so now what do I do? Well, I take it further. I said, well, how about you guys? Do you think you're going to heaven? And the lead guy says, oh, no, I'm going straight to hell. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to heaven. And they all said the same. I said, well, permission again. May I take one more minute and tell you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven? See, when you ask permission, it, it puts their defenses down. And when you start with your brokenness, now they want to know the answer. You don't start with Jesus. You start with your brokenness. So now I said, okay, can I tell you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven? Yes, you may. I do this ABC, admit, believe, confess. And they all understand it. I said, so what would stop you from giving your life to Jesus? And they said, nothing would stop us. And I'm thinking, okay, I think let's back this train up. I think you must have missed something somewhere along the way. Because you're tough guys, you know. This is too easy. So I backed it up. I talked about repentance, turning from your sin, following Jesus. What would stop you from giving your life to Jesus? Nothing. One, two, three, four. All guys said the same thing. Nothing. Let's pray. Can I pray with you? Yes. And they prayed a sinner's prayer, gave their life to Jesus. And I said, okay, what's going on here, Lord? And so I said to them, I said, this is sort of weird, because we, we tried to park a ways away, and then we, we couldn't, and another spot we couldn't. It's like God drew us to you. And the lead guy, do you know what he said? He said, yeah, I think it's weird, too, because my mom is a pastor's wife in London, England, and she prays for me every day. And I said, man, you got to call your mom and tell her her prayers have been answered. And he did. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. 
So my friend, this is what God wants to use you. He wants to use your testimony and your voice. And I was afraid. I was not afraid to preach to thousands. I was afraid to talk to one. How weird is that? I'm spirit-filled, tongue-talking, and I'm still afraid. But see, the power's in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. You just got to tap into it. And when you start taking that first step, you go, oh, my goodness, this wasn't half as bad as I thought. And now it's getting better, and now it's joyful. And so now I look forward every day, God, could I share my faith today? Would you bring someone in my life? See, see, you could have a really sharp car parked out front, but without gasoline, that car is worthless. That car's dead. It's not going anywhere. Compassion is the fuel. And we have this tool that we're going to teach you here called One Minute Witness. It's simple. It's your story. No one's going to argue with you. But without compassion, this tool is dead. Compassion. Paul says, you may think I'm weird, but love compels me. Compassion compels me to get up in the morning and say, I want to make a difference for my Jesus. I don't need authorization from someone. I have the authorization from the Most High God of the world to go and be my ambassadors, to represent Jesus. So I was flying home from Kenya or in in Africa, and there's a businessman sitting by me. I couldn't believe it, but he was dressed so nice. I did my one-minute witness because I felt the Holy Spirit told me to, and he gave his life to Jesus. Afterwards, what I, what he, he, he said, I said, what do you do? And he said, I am an ambassador for this country unto another country. I thought, what? That's pretty cool. He said, wait a minute. I'm an ambassador too. I'm an ambassador for the king of the universe. I, go top that. Amen. You, God has called you to be an ambassador. And if you will learn to share your faith, you will find such joy and such fulfillment. And the maturity level, you'll become so much stronger of a disciple. And you will affect your world. And when you get to heaven, you're going to have many people running up to you and say, thank you. And you're going to be able to lead many people to Jesus on this earth. And so I want to encourage you today. Today's your day. Today's your day. And so what I want us to do, I want us to everybody stand, please. And I want you to find two people around you. Just join hands. And I want you to pray for each other. Pray for compassion to fill your hearts right now. Would you do it? Quickly. Quickly, just find two other people. Start praying out loud for each other. Compassion, fill my heart, Jesus. Forgive me for my selfishness. Oh, God, let me see what you see. Lord, I need you. I need you right now. Lord, I'm not going to go the same anymore. I want this to be a turning point in my life. I want your touch on my heart, oh, God. Yes, Lord, do it again, Lord. Change me. Fill me with the Spirit. Fill me to overflowing. Overflow. Overflow, oh, God. I need you. Lord, open my eyes to the people around me every single day at the hardware store, at the drugstore, wherever I go, at work, at home, in my family, in my friends, on the streets, wherever I go, Lord, I'm your ambassador. Use me, God. Change me. Help me, oh God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me courage. Give me fearlessness, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for your, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever and ever. Lord, we touch your throne today. Show us what moves your heart. This is what rings the bells of heaven. This is what rings the bells of heaven. One sinner repenting. This is what rings the bells of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Now let me tell you this before we close. Before we close, Luke 15 leaves the 99, goes after the one, and all the angels rejoice. America has Hollywood, India has Bollywood, Nigeria has Nollywood, but God has his own 
hall of stars, and it's found in Daniel 12.3. Those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. God wants to, you to be his star and to be his ambassador. So I want to pray for you right now. And I encourage you, uh, if, if you're looking, if you're praying about an opportunity, we're looking for interns. If you're looking for a job, if you say, God, I, I just want to share my faith. On the way out today, there's going to be a few people with these booklets. We have all these booklets out there, right, brother? And, and um, if you want one, take one. And get a partner and do it. And you can start two by two. And we'll be back and we'll mo talk more about this. But if you could be confident in sharing your faith, your life will change forever. Lift your hand. Just put your hand on your heart, would you please? Put your hand on your heart. Lord Jesus, everybody say, Lord Jesus, change my heart. Move me with what moves you. Put your tears in my eyes. I'm available. Send me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hold steady for 10 more seconds. Tom, thank you. Can we thank him? That is powerful and brilliant. Now.